How many of you have a, a manger scene in your, in your house somewhere? How many of you have a manger scene? Yeah? I, I've seen a lot of manger scenes. I've seen them in other countries. Um, I've seen them, you know, in my own house. And all the manger scenes look kind of the same regardless of their design. You know, you have baby Jesus and a little, a little manger, a little, a little hay manger a lot of times. And then you have the, the angel over the top and the star maybe. And you have, you know, the animals have even come to welcome him. And you have the wise men with their gifts and all of that. And I don't know if you ever thought about it. What we've tried to do in the manger scene is compress the entire Christmas story into one picture because um, that took, you know, a long time. When the, when the wise men arrived at the manger scene, um, baby Jesus was probably about two years old. They traveled 900 miles. And so it wasn't like, you know, now I don't know if that changes the story any for you. That completely changes the story for me. How many of you ever had a two-year-old? Yes, how many of you have a two-year-old? Yes, you're, you're just kind of raising a nub. And, and how, how many of you have ever been around a two-year-old? Yeah? See, see, that changes the whole story for me to think Jesus wasn't a little baby. Jesus is a little... T- Can you imagine the wise men coming up and the moms, would you sit down? They're trying to worship you. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. You know, be quiet. When we were, when we were at Scrooge the other night, there was a little child that sat right behind us. And I don't know if you've ever tried to, you know, like many of you are this morning, try to kind of get your child to you know, act older than they really are somewhere in public. And the little mom was doing so her best to try to help. And, you know, he'd go in and he'd say, stop, stop, stop. I can't get in. She goes, whisper, I can't get in. I can't get back in. Stop. She was doing her best, you know. I used to always try to get my kids to whisper, you know. And that. How many of you have ever found a way to do that? How many of you thought you'd be better parents when you saw other kids, you know, other parents, two-year-olds? Then you had one, and, oh, the world changed. Yeah. Well, I remember when our oldest son, Connor, was two years old, and we were on a family vacation, and it was incredible. We were going to Gatlinburg, and we decided to stop off in Chattanooga on the way to go to the aquarium and do a lot of fun things, and um, I said, you know, I don't think it's a good idea for us to do this because he's going to miss his nap. Anybody, Anybody know where we're going? And it might make him overtired. I just don't think it's a good idea. But the, the, but the consensus and the wisdom of the group was, charge on. It's vacation. You know, he can sleep when we get there. It'll be fine. And it was fine until it wasn't fine. <laughs> we, we had a great time for, for about the duration of the aquarium. All the little fish were floating around. His eyes were big, and it was fun. And, but then we got locked back in that minivan. And for some reason decided that the best way to Gatlinburg that particular year was the scenic route through the mountains, up and down and around and spinning. We weren't going to take them stupid old interstates. We were going to go the scenic back way. And can I tell you, he cried. And when I say cry, I don't mean sweet little angel tears. What I mean is foghorn nuclear fallout alarm cry for an hour and a half. It's like we were taking on um, radiation treatment. I mean, it was in the air. We would go through waves of exhaustion and laughter and tears. And, you know, we think, how long can a child, he'll eventually lose, something's going to happen. Something's got to happen. It did not, nothing happened. Nothing happened. 
we were in that, that fog minute after minute, and we'd get mad, we'd get stressed, and we wouldn't talk. Then we'd start laughing and, you know, going, this is crazy. I can't believe this. Then we'd get mad again, and we'd start getting mad at each other. It was terrible. It was so bad, nearly every time our family gathers, we tell that story again. Hey, remember, how many of you got that member that time? Hey, remember that time? Yeah, never do that again. I'm just going to tell you, the fact that Jesus was two changes the story a little bit for me. This morning, I just want to finish the series we started a few weeks ago on the, um, we've called Worship the King, on the postures we've talked about and how to worship the King. And this morning, I want to talk just for a minute about um, bowing your knee in worship. So, um, guys, there's only two times I can think of that you bow your knee. You know, you, you bow your knee and you say, you look that little wonderful lady in the eye and you say, will you marry me? Now, there's only one other time I can think that guys bow their knee, and it's at the end of football practice when you say, Coach, let's take a knee. Or, or maybe, you know, for a sports pitcher. Ladies, I couldn't think of a time when in our culture you naturally bow your knee. Culturally speaking, I, I just couldn't think of a time. But when you read in the Bible, you will see again and again and again and again this, this um, admonition this opportunity to kneel in worship at the goodness of God. Psalm 95, 6 and 7 says, Come let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. There's a Hebrew word that you'll often see in English that's translated worship in the Old Testament. It's there 170 times. And the Hebrew word for worship there means bow down low and kneel in worship. So in other words, inside this word worship is the posture of bowing down or kneeling and worshiping. So in this series we've said we worship God by lifting our hands, by giving our gifts, by pouring out our heart. And then today we're just, I'm just going to give you a, a few reasons that we bow on our knees and worship God. So let me, let me give you three in about, in about 15, mom of the two-year-old, in about 12 to 15 minutes we'll be taking communion, okay? So let me give you three reasons we kneel in worship. Number one, we kneel in pursuit. There's an incredible story in the New Testament about a young rich guy with a lot of authority who met Jesus. And um, there's a part of the story I've never seen before, and maybe you haven't. It's called the story of the rich young ruler. But in Mark 10, 17, it says, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him, and he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Have you ever seen that before? This rich young guy runs up to Jesus, falls on his knees, and so one of the ways that we kneel in worship is we kneel in pursuit. Now, this morning, you, you, might, be, you might be a Christian, but you're not fully following God. This is, a, this is a great day for you to bow your heart before God and say, Lord, I want to pursue you. I, wanna, I want next year to be a year that I know you like I've never known you before. This is a great day to ask God to bow before him in his presence and ask him, Lord, start something new in me. Put a hunger inside me that I've never had before. And then the, the second reason that we, the, the second way that we kneel in worship is we kneel in repentance. 
I know you know this. We all know this. Christmas is a magnifier. If you've done something against God or you've done something against someone else, you might be here today and you might be smiling on the outside and have your Christmas clothes on and you might look the part, but inside your heart, you know what you've done. And you know what you've done to maybe the people you love or you know what you've done to God. And, and the truth is you might be smiling on the outside, but on the inside, you're, you're heavy you're burdened and weighted down with this thing that you've done that you don't know what to do with. In the New Testament, Jesus invites a man to follow him called the Apostle Peter. And Peter was out one night fishing all night, and you know, he's a fisherman. That's his profession. That's his job. He knows how to fish. But he's been fishing all night, catching nothing, and Jesus comes along and says, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And I'm sure he's like, yeah, I never thought of that. Great. I'm sure that's going to work. But he throws his net on the other side of the boat, as Jesus said, and up comes this incredible catch of fish. And and in in Luke chapter 5, verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. Look, he bowed down and he said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. In other words, he bowed his knee in repentance. God, I'm... What was in my heart was not right. What was in my heart toward you was not right. Let me show you how Jesus responded, though. Look at verse 10. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. Let me just tell you something this morning, okay? Jesus never turns away a repentant heart. Never. There's no, I don't care what you've done. There's nothing you could have done that Jesus will turn your heart away if you will come to him with an open heart. You may be a family member, you may be a friend, you may be someone that doesn't even go to church ever or often, and you may be thinking, you know, um, maybe you even thought this morning when you got ready, I don't want to go, or if I go, maybe the roof will fall in. Yet here we are, we've had a fire and water, now we had not had the roof fall in yet, but here we are, you're here and the roof hadn't caved in. What do you think that means? Maybe you're thinking, If I go, everybody there will know what I've done. If I go, people will look at me and they will be able to know that I'm guilty somehow. And maybe you just don't feel like you belong. You know, it doesn't matter how bad you are. Jesus never rejected anyone who had a repentant heart. Never. God, throughout all the Old Testament and all the New Testament, never rejected anyone who had a repentant heart. All you have to do is come to him and say, God, here is what I did, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did it. Will you forgive me? And can I tell you, that little story I told about the candy cane is just as true for adults as it is for children. He will wash you. In fact, the Bible says if you confess your sins to him, he's faithful and just, and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So maybe today is the day you need to kneel in repentance. Here's the last one. We kneel in submission. You know, maybe this morning you you are a believer, and maybe you've been a believer for a long time or a short time, but maybe there's just some area of your life that you've never submitted to God. You've just never given it to him. It's always been there. Maybe it's a habit or an addiction. Maybe it's your schedule. Maybe it's finances or maybe it's a wound. Maybe you say, the way I'm going to fix this, the way I'm going to protect myself is I'm never going to forgive. I'm never going to let go. 
And maybe it's made you into an angry person or even secretly an angry person. But I want you to know God has probably already invited you to let it go or to move on or to give it to him. And maybe for whatever reason you haven't, today's your day. Today's the day to give that to him because he wants more than anything to to receive all of you. He wants more than anything for you to worship him with your whole self. Jesus, this little baby we celebrate at Christmas, was actually called upon later in his life to submit everything to his father. And we see that in uh, Luke chapter 22. He never sinned against God, but he knew the agony that was coming. Luke twenty-two forty-one. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed. You see that? He bowed down and he prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Look at verse 43. An angel from heaven appeared to him, this is interesting, and strengthened him. So Jesus said, Father, I submit even this unjust crucifixion, even this thing that's about to happen to me that should not happen to me, God, I submit my heart to you in it Because somehow, in ways that we humans struggle to understand, it was the will of God. And maybe that's what some of you need to do today. You need to kneel and surrender some part of your life you've never submitted to God. So, what do you think it was that gave Jesus the strength to endure those difficult circumstances. What do you think it is that gives us the strength to get through the hardest times? Well, I just want to say it to you like this. Kneeling in prayer oftentimes gives you the strength to stand. So we feel weak when we do it, but when we submit to God, we become stronger than we could have ever imagined because God's strength fills our life all the way through every part. I remember when I first met Jesus when I was 15 or the, maybe the time that I really started to follow him. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning on a Friday night and I was up alone and I knelt down in my living room and I just began to talk to God because I felt so empty inside I didn't know what I was going to do. And here's what I don't understand. I don't know why. But that morning at 2 a.m., I got in my living room and I knelt down on my knees. I'd never seen anybody kneel on their knees and pray in my entire life. I don't know why. No one had ever taught me to do it. No one had ever told me to do it. But somehow in that moment, maybe it was some revelation of of the awesomeness of God or the goodness of God. I instinctively or naturally knelt down on my knees and said, God, if you're there, if you're real, I, I need something to happen in my life. And can I tell you what I learned? There's never a wrong time to meet Jesus. There's never a wrong time to meet Jesus. So this morning, I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come and I, I just want to have a prayer time, okay? Can we do that? You don't have to stand up. You don't have to move. I just want to have a prayer time. And I just want to pray for you. 
And if you need to, to kneel to Jesus somehow, I'm going to ask you, in your, what, what, what kneeling in worship means, what submission means is surrender. And so whether you do it outside or not, I don't, it doesn't matter. What matters is in your heart, you surrender today. So would you just close your eyes and bow your heads for a minute? And I, I know we've got little ones, and that's fine. Parents, thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing them. We're glad. And we'll just, we'll just pray through, all right, for a minute. I want to ask today, if, if you need to kneel in pursuit, I want to pray for you. And if, if that prayer resonates with you, I want you to pray it how you pray it. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you'd start a new work in somebody's life today. I just want you to pray. I want you to reach out and grab this in prayer if you need it. Maybe there'll be a word I'll say that, you, that resonates with you. You just want to grab it and pray it. God, I pray today that you'd start a new work of hunger. Lord, a new work of pursuit. God, that we would lay down the pursuits of this world. Lord, pursuing happiness in the wrong places, pursuing success, pursuing contentment in the wrong places spot but God today I pray that you'd break our hearts and you'd do something new you'd do something fresh God I pray today if you need it you reach out and grab it and say yes God do that in me Lord I want next year to be the year that I pursue you more than I ever have with all my heart with all my life God let your spirit just start something new in me today If you're here today and you need to repent, I want to pray over you. And I want you just to begin to pray as you you hear it. Lord, today I pray for the one who has a, a sin, a secret, a problem. Something they've done that's offended you or offended another person. Some wound they've created, some some pain. God, I pray that you'd wash our hearts today and clean our hearts. God, I pray that you would wash us from every sin. Lord, you forgive every wrong. God, I pray that you'd wash away guilt and condemnation and fear and shame. God, I pray that you'd heal rejection. Come on and reach out for it if you need it today. Say, God, do it in me. God, do it in me. I need it today. And if there's some area of your life that you've never submitted to God as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, as that area just comes to the front of your mind Lord, today we lay down the issues of our life to you. God today we repent of trying to be our own God of trying to control it all of trying to fix it ourselves, of trying to make sure everybody around us is okay Lord you are God and we submit to you today that you are God and only you are God and God we let go Lord I let go today my issues of, of distrust in you God I let go today and I surrender today Lord the fear that I've carried because I've not trusted you Lord, I lay down that that, um, wound. I lay down that problem. God, I surrender this area of my life to you. I surrender fear or worry or finance or the future, my schedule. God, I'm not going to be a workaholic next year. I'm going to let your life in me be more important. God, today I surrender. I kneel in my heart 
to you in worship. Lord, I thank you for the work that your spirit is doing in this room. Now, God, make us new. Maybe you need to bow your heart this morning and, you, and it's time for you to give your heart and life to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you don't even know if you have a relationship with God. But today you feel God talking to you. You sense Him working in you and you say, I want to respond to that and I want to pray today and I want to start a, a new, a real relationship with Jesus today. With every eye closed, would you just lift your hand if that's you? And I want to pray for you right where you are. Just lift your hand. Just lift your hand. Yeah, thank you so much. Yep, I see it. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Yeah, in the balcony. Just looking across the balcony. Just want to wave your hand at me. If you lifted your hand, I want you just to pray with me today. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for everything I've done. I'm sorry that I've wandered my own way. And I'm sorry that I've tried to live my life without you. God, I pray today that you'd forgive me. Wash away all my sin. Make me a new person. God, I want to walk with you. I want to follow you. I want to be in a relationship with you. Give me the strength now to live with you and for you.